This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Lord, we ask that you just help us to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. Lord, give us ears to hear. And Lord, help us not just be hearers of your word, but Lord, help us to be doers of your word. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would empower us as you, as you lead us through the Holy Spirit, Lord, to walk in obedience in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, welcome to Palm Sunday. Hopefully everybody got a palm cross. They're, they're in the back. I believe I have one here. Um, if you need one, just go grab it. This is uh, the beginning of what we call uh, traditionally known as Holy Week. And today is the beginning of Holy Week. It's Palm Sunday. And then there's Monday, Thursday. Anybody know what that is? All of a sudden, it's foot washing Thursday. We don't follow that tradition. Oh, we did it once, didn't we? I can't remember when it was. Two years ago, it must have been. I was washing the disciples' feet. It was the last supper night where he was betrayed. Then there's Good Friday, which we will have a service here at 7. Starts right at 7 and ends right at 8. And we encourage all of you to come. Um, it is a, I believe it's, it's a phenomenal service to help us understand better Sunday, Easter morning. And so um, we call it Good Friday, but don't let that confuse you because uh, there was a lot of suffering that Jesus uh, experienced on the cross. So it was not good for him in a sense, but it is good for us uh, because what Jesus did for us and what he accomplished by dying on the cross on our behalf, that is good, amen? He took our sins, he hung on the cross, uh, paying the price for our sins so that we could be forgiven. Then there's Holy Saturday, and then there's, of course, Easter. Uh, marks, Saturday marks the time that Jesus was in the tomb, and then Easter will be here as well. And we pray that you are here and uh, invite people. This is the Sunday that, you know, if you invite them, they will come. And uh, however, uh, the way we do this at Mosaic Church is it's not invite them so uh, Mario can minister to them and disciple them. It's invite them to come so they can understand what it's like to be part of the family of God. And God will use you to help them in their journey with Jesus. So uh, we, we believe that God can use you in a very powerful way. But let's start with Mark chapter 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. We know this one, right? 
He says, go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this, tell them, the Lord needs it, and will send it back here shortly. And they went out and found a colt outside in the street, tied to a doorway, and as they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing with the untying the colt? And he answered as Jesus told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches that they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. And I pray that you take this palm cross and you keep it as a reminder. Because at the very end it says, Hosanna in the highest. And I just want to briefly, quickly talk to you about the background. Jesus is coming to Jerusalem. This is, uh, this is the culmination of his life, his purpose, of his public ministry. And Jesus knew there was something that was going to happen. Now, maybe his followers didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but Jesus knew there was going to be some miracles. So the man who was working miracles, who was raising people from the dead, giving radical teachings, and causing thousands to follow, now has come to the most holy cities, Jerusalem, the great temple, the heart of the Jewish faith, as well as the, the heart of the Jewish people. And he's going to make a statement. The second thing I recognize is the city was already on adrenaline, right? It was the big, uh, it was a big day, the Passover. It's the most celebrated of all Jewish events. Thousands of pilgrims would come to Jerusalem, fill the streets, a lot of religious fervor. And uh, the, those who were closest to Jesus knew that this would be the climax of his ministry. Let's look at Luke chapter 9. Verse 51, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. In Luke chapter 13, 22, then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Luke 18, 31, Jesus took the 12 aside and told them, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be handed over to the Gentiles. And they will mock him, insult him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. So here we go. We're celebrating, even 2,000 plus years later, what happened that week. Now, the people were going crazy when they saw Jesus. Kind of, um, kind of when I reminded of the game when I was at Florida State, Florida, and uh, we came back. It was called the Choke Doke. Uh, I, I figured I'd slide that one in. But people were going crazy. They were singing Hosanna, which means save us. Uh, they were waving palm branches, which in some circles was a kind of like waving a flag of liberation. And they were waving this because they 
had a picture in their mind what they were going to be liberated from. No longer a slave, they thought, but they had pictures in their mind what it was going to look like. They were enjoying this excitement so much that they began to throw blankets and palm branches on the ground so Jesus would walk over. They were giving Jesus honor, expressing that they were huge fans of Jesus. They wanted what Jesus was handing out. They wanted miracles. They wanted healings. They wanted food. They wanted money. They wanted jobs. They wanted health and love. They wanted marriage or perfect marriages, and they wanted perfect children. And so they wanted what Jesus, what they thought Jesus was offering. Well, because they saw that, right? They saw that Jesus did all those things. He provided miracles. People were healed. Uh, People were fed. People felt love and forgiven. They wanted those things. And so they wanted Jesus to be set up, kind of like a military insurrection against the Romans, to throw off that yoke of occupation. So this is what Jesus says in in Mark chapter 11. We continue reading. On reaching Jerusalem, hey, before we uh, move on, hey, that's, uh, we want to welcome Benito Solari. That's his first day here at church. He's leaving now, but uh, he's like five weeks old. And there's more coming, right? More coming. Keep them coming. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. Can you imagine? Celebration is party time, and all of a sudden, Jesus is doing this. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the branches of those selling, uh, benches of selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. As he taught them, he said, it is, is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him. Jesus offended them because Jesus was adamant about cleansing the temple. When Jesus was coming into Jerusalem, he went straight to the temple to clean it. The temple represented the center of Israel's worship, was viewed as the very dwelling place of God. I'm going to pause for a second. Cademan's making his his exit. Uh, he's been here a few times, but uh, again, we're just so excited for uh, new, new babies. Keep them coming. Yes. The temple was a place where you would come to meet God. The human beings would approach the temple and, and bring sacrifice, and God would respond with forgiveness and answered prayers. So when Jesus gets there, he cleans it up because it needed cleaning. During the times of the Passover, people would need animals and and they would have ritual requirements by sacrifice. So they had to travel long distances. And and of course, you can't bring the sacrificial lamb for long distances. So they would buy uh, 
the sacrificial animals outside the temple, but now it's inside the temple. So there was this industry that people were taking advantage of, the religious festivities. Vendors would set up animal pens and money tables. You you even had to to, uh, exchange your currency. But they were inside the temple. So this wasn't just helping people. This is about making money on people's faith. This was a, a poor commercialism. Commercial, commercialism. It's the distortion of worship. They were opposite of honoring God. This was opposite of being a holy people. It was opposite of giving this, this um, presence of, of sacredness. One of the things that we, we pray for here at Mosaic, we pray in our Sunday mornings, that, Lord, that we would be reverent to you and that we would recognize uh, that, Lord, that you are holy. The temple had become polluted, defiled. It was anything but reflective of who God is and his character. So Jesus comes in on a donkey, but he comes in to cleanse the temple. Because when we come before God, we come in holiness and in reverence and in fear and with authentic hearts. You know, I've shared this before. When we're in God's presence, there's two forces going on. One is that his love is drawing us. It's like, it's like you're drawn to the light. You're just drawn to him. But his holiness propels us back. It's like, no, I'm unworthy. And his love draws us. So there's this tension. And all that was lost. So when we come to God, we come in holiness and in reverence and authenticity. But what was going on in the temple was a joke. What was going on in the temple was a joke. And Jesus is here to cleanse the temple. And he's doing the same thing today. He comes with a desire to change me, to change you, to revolutionize your life from the inside out. Jesus was saying, if you want to believe in me, then honor me, celebrate me. But I'm going to cleanse the temple. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost, right? I'm going after your inner world, basically Jesus saying. He's going after you, he's going after me. I'm going to dig out some root issues. You know, I, I never knew I had root issues until I got married. And I, I honestly believe that Lord just uh, used my wife to, to reveal them. That was half the battle is recognize them. One time I, I thought I, I knew it all. <laughs> I know I know, don't know it all now, but there was a time. Uh, and there's a video caption of me holding Maylis. And, uh, you know, she was probably a year old. We were on vacation in North Carolina. And the video of me, this is, so this is the early 90s, you know, pre-cell phone, pre-weather channel. I don't even think there was a cable weather channel yet. And uh, there's like, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's really cold. My wife's filming me. And she goes, I said, yeah, it's really cold. It's probably 38 or 38 and a half degrees. And I'm watching like, 
what? What would make me say 38 or 30? Like somehow I could, I could sense the difference between 35. I mean, I just, the Lord was beginning to use my wife to root out some deep issues in my life. And he's going to root out some deep issues in your life. One thing he loves to root out is pseudo-spirituality. It's one thing I love about our Mosaic Church is that we're not trying to give false pretenses. You know, we all know that our laundry smells after we wear it. Not just my laundry, but your laundry. And we all need Jesus. So we don't play that game of false pretenses that somehow somebody's has arrived and the others aren't. We were all in desperate need of Jesus. So Jesus comes to expose pseudo-spirituality. He's going to challenge those with weak commitments who are compromisers, who are playing games with God. I think my son Micah mentioned that because, you know, you know, when we water baptized him when he was 13, you know, I asked him that question. Do you uh, have faith in Jesus Christ and do you believe in him? You know, only he knew in his heart So now this morning on Palm Sunday, we're going to ask you, are you willing to get real with Jesus? Because what Jesus did was real. There's two uh, life lessons I want to talk about, some life lessons. It's easy to celebrate, rule, uh, life lesson number one, it's easy to celebrate the Jesus on the donkey, the Jesus that has this reputation, the one that heals, the ones that feeds people, protects people. The, the Jesus that you think you've been sold is that somehow you'll just have a better life. You'll have a better marriage, you'll have perfect kids, and you'll have great success at work. The one who's going to fix you, serve you, and comfort you. That's the donkey Jesus. And too many of us have raised our hand and said, uh-huh, thinking that's what serving Jesus is all about. So we've been following Jesus, the, the rescuer. And that was me for a long time. I wanted rescuing. I did not want to go to uh, have eternal damnation in my life. I did not want to go to hell. So I raised my hand. I said, mm-hmm, yes, I'll, I want Jesus to save me. Uh, but there's the other half. The other half that says, are you willing to uh, bow your knee and let me be the Lord of your life, the king of your life? That Jesus also is the one that enters the temple. And he wants to enter your heart, your life, your world, your checkbook, your internet viewing. And he wants to cleanse it and clean it because he wants to make you like Jesus. Some of you might know who C.S. Lewis is, but he talks about many of us think that when we ask Jesus to come into our, our heart, our home, you think he's going to come to redecorate. Like, okay, let's get rid of that old couch. Let's bring a new couch in. Let's paint these walls. But what Jesus really does when he comes in is C.S. Lewis. I'm just paraphrasing. He says he comes and he, he demolishes it. And, and sometimes that's shocking. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't want you to get rid of that. I like this part of my house. And Jesus said, no, I want, I want to demolish it. I want to, I, want to, I want to raise something better that will bring God the greatest glory. So this morning, I'm asking and praying that you would serve 
the whole Jesus and not just the half of Jesus. It's hard to follow the Jesus who cleared out the temple because that's the threatening Jesus, right? Have you been confronted with a sin? People don't like it. People don't like it. When you say, hey, that's not gospel living. You say that to someone, what happens? Who do you think you are? All of a sudden, it's wrong. God wants to come and, and conquer that. He wants to talk to you about how you spend money. He wants to change that. He wants to, he wants to talk to you how you treat your spouses. How you treat people. One time I was at the FSU Res. Uh, we were having a picnic. This is years and years ago. And I recognized a minister from town. He had no idea who we were, but I knew who he was. And I was, my jaw dropped. I couldn't believe how he treated the FSU workers and how he treated his family. He thought he was there just privately. And God wants to deal with that. He wants to deal with your sex life. What you look on online. Your work ethic. I don't want to say this next one, but I'll, I'll say it. Your weight. Your language. How you forgive or lack of forgiveness. You know, I think Christians, we could lead the way with forgiveness. We could lead the way with forgiveness. But he wants to deal with lack of forgiveness. How you treat your parents. Your elder parents. He wants to deal with that. How you treat your children. How do you spend your time? The Jesus that clears the temple, he's asking the question to us, what are you doing to serve the poor? What are we doing to serve injustice and confront injustice? What are we doing about caring for the orphan? So blessed that we, for years I remember praying, Lord, let someone, one person start being a foster parent in our church. And he answered that, and now we have more than one. And I'm praying for more than that. He wants to deal with us as a church, how we show compassion to the widow, the elderly. I just, I just talked to someone, and you know, didn't even, I didn't think about it, but uh, his his mother-in-law just passed away, but she was in a memory care right up the street on North Monroe. And her last year that she's been alive, she's been isolated. No one was allowed to visit her. She, she died alone. So when those doors are open, even though you may not have elder parents, visit. Jesus wants to talk to us about how we have compassion to the widows, the elderly, those in prison, 
There's all different types of prison, right? There's mental prison. People are in mental prisons. The Lord wants to help us to visit them and minister to them. You know, I read an author, and it just changed my life. He says, I used to go to prison to, to share Jesus. Now I go to find Jesus. It's a different mind. You know, I was in prison, and you never visited me. You go find Jesus. How we deal with the hungry in, in our community. Jesus wants to talk about that. So it's Jesus, Savior, and Lord. It's not one. It's not the other. It's both. Savior and Lord. So this morning as we celebrate Palm Sunday, what you don't want to do is do what these people did, right? One week, they're singing Hosanna, 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 glory, glory, Hosanna. And then a few days later, what are they saying? Crucify him. Crucify him. I'm going to ask Bryce to come on up. Is Bryce here? Yeah. We've done this in the past. We haven't, we haven't because of COVID last year. But I'm going to ask you to do something. We're going to sing a song. And uh, I'm going to ask you symbolically that if you were to um, take your cross and and some people want to keep it as a memento, you can, you can. There's more in the back. But we're going to sing this song. If you could just come one by one and just try to be conscientious of social distancing. And just lay the cross in this area. Symbolically, you're saying, I, I'm going to lay down my palm branch to all of Jesus, not just a half of Jesus. I'm going to go all the way and say, I want all of Jesus. So this is your palm branch. You can do with it as you want. You can throw it away. You can hide it. Put, tuck it away somewhere. Put it in your drawer. Or you can symbolically, and I'm not going to watch. I'm going to just be kneeling and I'll keep my eyes closed. I'm not watching. But you say, Lord, I want to, I want to give this palm branch to you, representing that I want to give my whole life to you. So, Lord, we accept your forgiveness, but, Lord, we also accept you to change us. Lord, we recognize you call us to a radical new life. Lord, not only Savior, but Lord. Not just forgiver, but leader. Lord, I re-invite you again to be Lord of my whole life. So let's just pray and then just take decide what you want to do and we're going to pray and then as he sings we're going to just symbolically just lay our crosses at the altar thank you Lord we love you Lord help me to be exactly what you designed me to be Lord help me not to hold back help us as a church in Jesus
We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.